Welcome back to Our Maryland's Politics and Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Leatherberry. If 2020 and now 2021 have taught us anything, it's that working adults need policies that can address the unpredictabilities of life. The coronavirus pandemic proved that none of us are exempt from the challenges that come about seemingly out of nowhere. In the past year and a half, we have all had to make abrupt adjustments and challenging pivots from planning for at-home work and childcare, adding contingencies and protections for essential work, and trying to find ways to protect and care for people who were sick or needed extra care due to stay-at-home protocols. We all experienced firsthand how quickly everything can change. For years, advocates have been fighting for policies that provide a safety net when workers experience uncertain circumstances and provide families with much-needed security when the pages of life's chapters turn. Our guest today is Reagan Vaughn, a longtime advocate for paid family leave in Maryland and director of advocacy at the Catholic Charities of Baltimore. She'll be speaking with us on upcoming legislation and the current state of paid family leave in Maryland. Today we have Regan Vaughn, Director of Advocacy at Catholic Charities of Baltimore. Catholic Charities is a member of the Time to Care Coalition. Welcome, Regan. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Today we did want to talk a little bit about paid family leave specifically. I'll certainly ask you a little bit more about Catholic Charities as well as the coalition. So could you just tell our audience what paid family leave is? And why do you think it seems like there's been more of a conversation around that specific issue as of late? So paid family leave really is the concept that a worker should be able to take time to care for themselves or a family member to receive wage replacement while they're out and then have a job to return to when their need to stay home is done. And so it's a policy issue that's been talked about for 20, 30 years, it's been out there. There's been progress here and there on it. But in the past uh, decade, it's gotten a lot of attention and really in the past 18 months, even more. And that's because of COVID. And the pandemic really shined a light on how vulnerable we all are to the need to either care for ourselves or a family member and how to balance your caregiving responsibilities where your responsibilities to your employer. So it really has been a combination of being an issue that's been out there and ripe for discussion and COVID really bringing it to the forefront of people's minds. Could you tell us a little bit more about Catholic Charities of Baltimore? What does your work entail? What sort of advocacy do you all engage in? Catholic Charities of Baltimore is the largest private human service provider in Maryland. We serve Marylanders primarily in Central and Western Maryland through programs focused on housing, workforce, behavioral health, developmental disabilities, immigration, and aging. And through those 80 programs at over 300 sites, we are seeing a lot of the same problems repeat themselves. So my job as the director of advocacy is to talk to my colleagues, and to find out what those issues are they are seeing that might have a solution at the state level so that we can implement systematic change to remove those barriers for our clients. Most of my work is done in coalition. We work with other advocates, faith organizations, and service providers to bring those issues to the General Assembly to describe what we're seeing on the front lines 
and to try to get those policy changes made. I, I know that there are a lot of states who, I mean, all states rather, are required to offer unpaid leave. Of course, there are states that can choose to offer additional leave conditions. Could you give us some examples of what these additional conditions or options would look like? So back in 1993, the federal government established the Family Medical Leave Act, which guaranteed unpaid time off for some workers. There's conditions you have to make in terms of the amount of time you've worked and the size of the business um, and some other technicalities you have to get through to be entitled to that unpaid leave. And there's a lot of gaps in it. The main one being a lot of people can't afford to take unpaid leave. And so they don't avail themselves of the job protections that FMLA provided. Since FMLA passed in 93, states have taken different approaches to try to fill in those gaps. Some have looked just at kind of short-term sick days and implemented paid sick time, which Maryland did in 2018. Some states have expanded the businesses that are covered, saying maybe 15 to 50 employees, those small businesses, but not micro businesses have to provide unpaid leave. Some have started state-sponsored disability insurance programs for Maryland. And then some states have gone all out and created their own paid family and medical leave program that allows workers to access wage replacement when they're taking time off. It, it all sounds very good. I mean, I can imagine why people would want paid family leave and why, especially as progressives, it's something that we champion. What are some of the hurdles that you all have experienced in trying to pass these these policies and legislation? So one of the first things that always comes up is cost and who's going to pay for it and how it's going to be administered and just those details of how to get it up and running. And the discussion becomes, should employees be paying for this? Should employers be contributing to it? Is this something the state should be paying for? And how do you figure out the cost balance in it? In Annapolis, every year we hear, this isn't the year, there's too many responsibilities, we can't have a new tax, we can't have a new fee. And so it's breaking through the noise there on cost and figuring out how to make everyone happy that way. And then there's a lot of rhetoric on whether this is a worker issue, whether this is an attack on business. And a lot of our work has been sharing the benefit that this would bring to businesses and to the economy. To talk about how when other countries or other states have passed a paid family leave policy, the labor attachment of women, particularly mothers, goes up. So there's more people in the workforce. How it increases retention and reduces turnover costs for businesses and how you just have a healthier workforce if people know they can take the time when they need it and deal with symptoms earlier rather than later. So a lot of our job is to talk about those benefits and to show that it's not just the employees that would benefit from a program like this. Yeah, that's true. Those, those seem to be crucial points to make just that overall societal benefit. You mentioned other states. Speaking of other states, how does Maryland compare to leave policies across the country? Maryland has made incremental progress. We, in 2018, guaranteed paid sick leave for most workers and unpaid sick leave for some workers. 
we passed an unpaid parental leave program for employees working for those smaller businesses. We passed a bill that guarantees paid parental leave for state workers. And then there's also the organ donation leave that someone can avail themselves of leave if they donate an organ. And so there's been some piecemeal progress made in Maryland. But there's states that are way out ahead of us. California and Rhode Island have had established programs that they've expanded. New Jersey, the District of Columbia, Washington State, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Oregon, and Colorado all have full-blown paid family and medical leave programs that are either up and running or the legislation has passed and they're building their programs now. So we're still on the front lines, but we're getting pushed towards the middle if we don't get this bill passed in. Let's talk about the bill. What is it? What are the numbers that people might need to pay attention to? What does the bill entail? Sure. So uh, we have two great sponsors, Delegate Valderrama in the House and Senator Hayes in the Senate. And our Time to Care bill basically sets up an insurance pool for the state that all workers would participate in. And if a worker needs to take time off to care for themselves or a loved one, they would get up to 12 weeks of wage replacement and then have job protection so that when their job was still there when they returned to the workforce. We crafted the bill. We wanted to make sure that it included a broad range of reasons where you could take family and medical leave, including parental leave, care for oneself for a serious health condition, care for a family member with a serious health condition, and also to deal with the military deployment of a spouse. We wanted to make sure that the wage replacement made it so it was a program that all workers could take advantage of. We know that if we had set a standard 60% wage replacement, that an employee making minimum wage probably still couldn't afford to use the leave if they were only getting 60% of their wages. So for our lowest wage workers, the wage replacement is up to 90% of their wage to make it something that they could live off of during the time that they're not going back to work for when they're caregiving. And then we wanted to make sure it covered all working people. We wanted it broader than the FMLA bill so that there weren't employees left out of it. This should be something all Marylanders could, can avail themselves of. And we also wanted to be wary of the cost and to make it cost effective. And so for an average worker in Maryland, the cost is $8 per week. And the way the bill is set up is that the contribution would be split equally between the employer and the employee. So it be, would be $4 per week from each, the employer and the employee to help pay for the system. And we believe that's on the high end that we've put in the legislation. We actually think it'll be slightly lower once the system is up and running. And then finally, as I mentioned, we wanted to make sure there was job protection. We didn't want to create a program where someone would use the leave, get their wage replacement, and then not be able to return because their job was gone. So job protection has been a key element of the bill since the beginning. You already mentioned the benefits overall, like not just to workers, but to our communities in general. What are the anticipated outcomes of this leave legislation in Maryland? First, the obvious, we expect to see financial hardship of families reduced. At Catholic Charities, we've seen families 
um, experiencing homelessness because someone unexpectedly had to go and leave from work and didn't have wage replacement. So there's definitely the bottom line is to alleviate that financial hardship. But we also expect to see a more productive workforce. If you can take time off to deal with an issue and not let it fester, or to take time away to care for your mother or your grandparent, when you return, you tend to be more productive and ready to re-engage. You're not distracted at work. We expect to see a reduced reliance on public benefit programs because people aren't having to avail themselves of them. We expect to see improved health outcomes. And also there's some really interesting studies that came out of California that saw reduced incidence of child abuse after the family leave policies were passed. And so there's some additional consequences, positive consequences we weren't expecting to see that have come out of other states. So it really has become a public health issue and just a healthier Maryland we would expect to see afterwards. And I know you were referring to um, we, and I'm just curious as to who is included in the coalition and how you all work together. Sure. So the Time to Care Coalition is made up of organizations and businesses from across the state. We have organizations, a number of unions who are representing workers in the coalition. We have faith groups who have joined the coalition. There are advocates for children who work in the child welfare and child abuse areas, prevention of child abuse areas who have joined the coalition. The Maryland Legislative Agenda for Women has endorsed the bill. AERP um, has taken a senior's perspective on the bill. We have groups who support individuals with disabilities and basically every constituent group you can think of. This is an issue that's so cross-cutting we've been able to gather a number of organizations to come together to say, the time's now, Maryland, we need to pass time to care. I'm curious as to how the public feels about these policies and proposals. We've seen widespread support. When we're out talking about it, when I'm talking to my colleagues about it, when we're talking to our clients about it, there's a lot of interest in it. And as a coalition, we were able to get a poll out in Maryland to see what Marylanders thought of it. So we weren't in our own echo chamber. And when we first asked the question, we just asked if individuals would support a paid family leave program in Maryland. And we saw widespread support for that. So then we asked the second question and said, would you still support it if a worker had to contribute to it, if there was something coming out of your paycheck? And with that added caveat, we still had 77% support. The support was across parties, it was across districts, across areas of the state. And it just, it is a really popular concept and idea. And I think it just comes down to no one knows when they're gonna need to use the leaf. And as much as someone thinks they're healthy and invincible, anyone working is at risk of needing it. And even those of us who may not be working may need someone to take leave to care for us. So there really is no Marylander who's untouched by this issue. That's so true. As you said, the benefits are are vast. And I know that we have a lot of listeners who might want to get involved and want to find out more about the issue and figure out ways in which they might be able to help. How would they reach you all or where's the best place for them to find you? online or in person? So the best place right now is on our website, which is timetocare.net. And on that website, both businesses and individuals 
can sign up to be part of the coalition, to get information, and to engage in the advocacy on this. Thank you so much for sharing more information about paid family leave. I know that for years, um, many, many progressive folks in Maryland and otherwise have been focusing on this issue. And it's good to see that you all are working on the next steps and, and really making this into something robust and beneficial for all Marylanders. So we so appreciate your work and appreciate your time for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And we look forward to working with everyone listening to get this into law in Maryland. That was Regan Vaughn, Director of Advocacy at the Catholic Charities of Baltimore. For more information about advocacy initiatives and paid family leave, visit their website at timetocare.net. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Our Maryland's Politics and Policy Podcast. See you next time.